And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast, on a Tuesday. You know what that means. Time to look ahead to the next week. Special podcast yesterday on Monday. Hope you enjoyed it. George Gankis, longtime coach to Matthew Wolf. It's good to see Matthew Wolf playing well again. He's had a good fall series. He's in the field this week in Houston. It's the Hewlett Packard Enterprise Houston Open. Speaking of new branding, Houston Open has just went through a complete reband brand here as of late. Not a bad field. We'll get to it. And uh, for those watching on YouTube, you can see the man joining me here beating the bookie. For those listening, and I know there's many because when beating the bookie comes on and he gives away his free place, well, we have a great audience and that's what we have here this week. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great, you know, partially because Matthew Wolf made it a, a great, a great weekend, you know, 50 to one winner. So, you know, it's a, that's like our fourth one, like you said, on this show. So um just hoping to keep it up. You know, first round leaders are tough. So yeah. Um, hopefully we can get another one this week. Yeah, they are tough. They're, they're designed to be tough, but you've made them look easy. And particularly on this show, we've done, oh, I don't know, probably at least a half a dozen shows, um, maybe seven, maybe eight. And you've hit four first round leaders, which is crazy. Um, and Matthew Wolf, your latest at 50 to one last week. He looked good. Good to see smile on his face. Uh, this will be a spot here that I think um, that he'll like. I was talking to his coach yesterday, George Gankis. I don't think Matthew even really liked the course <laughs> last week down in Mayakoba. I think he's a bigger fan of this course this week. Memorial Park, it's a municipal golf course. It's an interesting place, really. 7,400 yards, par 70. You've got three par fives, and you got five par threes. You don't see that a lot. Carlos Ortiz won here last year at 13 under. And when you look at this place, and I've reached out to some people and sources out there about this golf course, you know, this is a course that I think you've got to elevate certainly the short game. There's a lot of courses on the PGA tour that you'll go through and short game. You can kind of just kind of push down to the bottom. It's a ball strikers paradise. And then of course have your good putting week this week. I think you need a short game. You, you look at Ortiz, how he did it last year. He was positive 5.7 strokes hand around the green, positive six and putting. Uh, and it was pretty consistent when you kind of look through the guys that did well that up and down game certainly plays into the strategy here this week it's pretty long as i mentioned 7400 you look at this place what kind of player uh you looking for here beating the bookie well it's actually i read that it was one of the most played public courses in the country um so it's you know it's pretty long yeah i'm just you know a guy like Carlos Ortiz, I mean, he just, you know, the defending champion here, I think he was like the first Mexican winner in 43 years on tour. He, uh, he just got second at Mayakoba. So, you know, Mayakoba, we saw back-to-back winners with Victor Hovland. Um, and I feel like, I feel like in the PGA, you see like, like, in, in, you know, like events happen in like multiples, right? Like last year we, you know, we hadn't seen a playoff for a while on tour. Mm-hmm. And then last year we saw playoffs like, you know, what was it? Four straight, five straight weeks. I mean, it was just unbelievable. So I'm thinking maybe Carlos Ortiz can get a job done uh, this week, but you know, I don't think we have to worry about an accurate driver this week, anything like that. 
Um, I think that's what would have been like the perfect course for DeChambeau mm. um, if he would have chosen to play because the fairways are quite wide right there. So accuracy doesn't really matter off the tee laps. Uh, so I'm looking for somebody with like a pretty good short game, you know, like a Sam Burns, uh, you know, Aaron Wise, who's just been hot, really hot. Um, you know, one of those guys who, who can stick it in there with the irons. And then if they get their putter rolling, they can, you know, pretty much take care of everything. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you have fast Bermuda greens here. And we've talked about the elevating of the short game. The guys tend to, at least last year, um, hit the ball a little bit longer here. The weather looks perfect. Uh, Mid-70s all week, maybe slightly cooler on Saturday. Um, yeah, you know, you're going to, you're going to miss some fairways here. You're going to miss some greens. Um, maybe a little more so than what you would see in tour average. So, but you've got to be able to get the ball up and down. You're going to be challenged here. Not surprised to see Victor not playing this course. Um, you know, his short game can be his downfall though. I spent much of the week last week talking about the improvement of a short game and, and, that pass palum can help that because the ball sits up and you're not going to get that luxury this week. And that's one of the things that tour players do so well week in and week out is managing the different grasses, um, pitching the ball off these grasses, putting different greens. Um, they're going to be challenged certainly around the green. All right. So let's get to it here. Uh, stripe show podcast brought to you by encore golf encore designs, high performance golf balls for players of all skill levels and swing speeds go check it out encore golf backslash travis fulton and before we give out our picks if you like this show and you like where things are going and you like making money as we give away free picks you've got to go subscribe go subscribe to the stripe show podcast and leave us a ranking and a comment that goes a long ways you know our, our viewership has really elevated and we're growing but those comments and rankings, five-star, five-star ranking people go a long ways in, in climbing um, the ranks. So we appreciate that. All right, let's get to it. We've got, let's see, we've got top 40, top 20, top 10 tournament head-to-head, some win tickets, and then we'll save the end round one leader. So let's yeah. start with, and you usually just for our viewers here, and of course, a lot of people watch this show every week, but you usually have a package that you sell um, mm-hmm. to your audience and you have a huge audience. You do a lot of sports and this week you're just giving it away to these people. So that's very kind of you. We appreciate that beating yeah. the book. Hey, let's start with your top 40. Who do you got? You know, yeah, just like last week. So I'm not going to have my first package until the Sony open. Okay. Um, but you know what? I'll tell you what we'll do. You know, I'll pick out someone. I'll let you do it. Someone who subscribes and rates it five stars on iTunes. Leave your leave your uh, email address with the rating, and I'll have you pick one person that'll win a, the Sony Open package. So I get the first golf package of the year for free Fair just enough. by leaving a rating. So you can you can pick the person. I'll let you do that. All right. Okay. All right. So you know. We start off the Houston Open with the top 40. And like I said, all my plays are to win the unit listed. So if a play is minus 155 for one unit, you're going to bet 1.55 units to win one. You know, on on and on and on. 
All right, so we start off with the top 40, and the first play I'm going to give is a three-unit play. So we're going to start off right with a three-unit play. Top 40 finish for Carlos Ortiz, minus 135. Carlos got second place on Mayakoba last week. He is also defending champion here at the Houston Open. Um, so he knows the course very well. Um, defending champion. Hovland was defending champion last week, and we saw him get the victory. Uh, Ortiz is playing some great golf, and I think he's a steal right here at minus 135. Um, and that's for three units. And all my plays here, the odds are from FanDuel. Okay. Um, the FanDuel had the best odds for all the top 40s and everything else. So uh, I got these all from FanDuel. Um, so Carlos Ortiz, minus 135, top 40. That's the first play. The um, second play we're going to go to is uh, Brooks Kepka top 40, minus 165 for one unit. Uh, Brooks hasn't been playing great this season. Uh, he finished 67th at the Shriners, 38th the CJ Cup. However, he did shoot 15 under, and he missed the cut last week in Mexico, you know, which is really not a surprise because it looked like he enjoyed himself fairly, fairly well on the beach uh, with his fiance. So I think it's time for Brooks to break out in this tournament. Uh, he, saw, he also had part in my course design of this course. Um, yep. And, and he got fifth place here last year, and I'm rocking the Kepka shirt. So, um, I see that we're going to, we're going to go with Kepka top 40 minus 165 for one unit. Next, we're moving on to, I think you're the president of his fan club, Sam Burns, top 40 finish minus 165 for two minutes. I think minus 165 for Sam Burns to finish in the top 40. I think he should be minus like 220 to be honest. Mm. Um, it's factor. I mean, I just don't know how his odds are so low. You look at his season so far this year, he won the Sanderson, as we all know. He got 14th at the Shriners. He got fifth at CJ Cup. And now he's had about three weeks off. Um, so I think he's well-rested. And I think Sam can, you know, easily finish in a top 10. So I'm taking top 40 for two units uh, just because I think that there's a lot of value there. So Sam Burns, top 40 for two units. The final top 40 that we have is another golfer who's, you know, we've been riding his train now for the last two tournaments. He's cashed for us each time. Aaron Wise, top 40, minus 155. Um, Aaron's having a great season to start in 2021-22. Got 26th at the Sanderson, 8th at the Shriners, 5th at the CJ Cup, and 15th last week. So he's playing some great golf. He's finished inside the top 30 every tournament. Um, I like where his game is trending. He's playing a lot more consistent. And I think you're going to see Aaron wise, you know, position himself this year as one of the best golfers in the PGA. So those are the top 40 plays. Yeah. I, well, we've been talking a lot about Aaron wise on this podcast and he's been really good to me here uh, in the fall series. I, I really like that play a lot. I think Ortiz um, is going to play well. Also, um, you know, I love Sam Burns. I worry a little bit about him here. The short game can get a little weird sometimes. Um, but I do think he's certainly one of the best ball strikers and putters, and particularly on Bermuda yeah. in the world. So um, Sam Burns always has that capability of coming in and just wiring you with ball striking like Victor can. So um, 
Yeah. Kepka, like it's the vacation's over, right? It's time to, um, yeah. <laughs> it's time to start focusing yeah, and that's is. all it takes for Kepka is just to focus. And there's a guy by the name of Bryson DeChambeau lingering in a head to head. And you know, he doesn't want to lose that. Um, but Aaron wise is interesting. I, I think, um, I was kind of debating wise and Scheffler last week. And I was like, I think the two are kind of equal when it comes to ball striking wise gets very clunky with the putter historically and particularly last year, but he's went back to this long putter. You don't see those very often. He's got this long putter going works with a guy by the name of Steven Sweeney. And, and I, I think he's really helped him damn near save his career because his putting was awful. And Aaron wise makes putts look out. I think, yeah. I think he could win. So, um, yeah, I, I think those are um, safe picks. I, I, the one guy that I would add that I'm, um, maybe a little biased towards this week is Taylor Gooch. I, I like what I've been seeing out of Taylor Gooch. He's one of those guys that I think is very strong around the green and he has had one hell of a fall folks. I mean, we're talking, he's played four events in the fall and he's been in the top 11 all four times and he's going to be on the podcast tomorrow. So anyway, and you know, you know what? I actually thought Gooch was going to get us last week for the first round leader. Cause I think he was yep. like six under through the first six holes, something crazy. And I was yeah. just like, Oh, here, here we go. Please, please don't take out Matt Wolf. But um, <laughs> you know, he was on fire. So um, he, he is playing some great golf. You know, you can't, you know, four top 11s and four events. I mean, you can't really be more consistent than that. No, you know, in these fields we know are not the strongest, right? So we know these are kind of second tier fields. So when you start seeing odds that you're not used to seeing, it can, it can scare you a little bit, right? You're not used to yeah. seeing Sam Burns at 12 to one to win, <laughs> you know, Scotty Shuffler, 18 to one to win Taylor Gooch, 22 to one to win. And we'll get to your win tickets here in, in a bit, but you know, you just have to kind of wrap your mind around like this is second tier who are those better players in second tier? I mean, Sam Burns, no question. Yeah. And I think Taylor Gooch is coming now. I think he really is. I, I'm going to add the Taylor Gooch into that mix. All right. Those are our top forties up next. We have top twenties and you have two. Yeah. I've got, you know, top twenties and it's wash once wash rinse and repeat right here with Carlos Ortiz. <laughs> plus 190 for one unit. So one unit would win 1.9 units. Again, I think Ortiz is going to have a great weekend. So I'm just taking advantage of pretty, pretty like low odds for, for his current status. And that he's defending champion. So Carlos Ortiz top 20 plus 190 for one unit. The next golfer is Cam Smith. You know, we saw him really be dominant at times last year, especially with his putter. You know, at the BMW, he had a chance to shoot. What was that? 59. Um, missed the putt there at the end, but this is second event of this season. He got ninth at the CJ cup. So he's had about three weeks off just like uh, Sam Burns. Um, and I think Cam wants to come on and be like a more consistent golfer this year. We kind of saw him like die off towards the end of last season. Um, but you know, he's a young guy. And when he turns that putter on, I'll tell you what, like, I mean, when he turns that putter on, he's almost automatic. Mm -hmm. You know, the BMW, he was just draining of, you know, 40 footers. Like it was nothing. 
Um, so I think Cam Smith, he's one of those guys that if he, if he gets hot, he can just run away with this thing. Yep. Um, so I'm taking Cam Smith plus 130, top 20 for one unit. And that is all we have for the top 20s. Yeah, Cameron Smith, I think, has played his best golf his, of his career. And we haven't seen him here in a while. And he hasn't played the Houston Open here at this at this golf course. So I think that's an interesting uh, person here. Same with Matthew Wolf. This will be his first time there. And same with Joaquin Neiman and Patrick Reed, for that matter, just kind of going through some names here. Um, but yeah, you're on, you're on Ortiz plus 190. Cam Smith uh, plus 130. You know, Finau was T24 last year at this facility. Uh, Sun JM was T50 last year. Scheffler has yet to break into the top 20 here in the last two years, looking at some of these. Yeah, Ortiz, man, first in 2021, T4 in 2020. Sign me up for yeah. the Houston Open, right, for uh, Carlos yeah. Ortiz. Um, can't, can't really do much better, to be honest. You take any look at Finau? Was there any interest in Finau as you were going through this? You know, the only time Tony Finau wins is when I fade him. Yeah. Um, so whenever I bet on him, he certainly does not come through. Um, like last week didn't come through for me. Um, he, you know, he beat me, you know, he beat me and John Rahm and the BMW. And after that, I started to back him a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. oh, Tony Finau, he can finally win for me. And he just continues to, every time I bet him, he just misses a cut or he doesn't play well. Um, he just plays inconsistently. So I've just gone back to just not even betting Tony Fina. I just don't even look. Um, if he beats me, he beats me, but I'm just not going to burn my money by betting him. So. Yeah. Do you feel like you are constantly overshooting greens or coming up short because you choose the wrong club? Well, if that's the case today is your lucky day, because I'm proud to announce my brand new partnership with the boys over at pinned golf. Their brand new ACE range finder is amazing. And it's only $199. I've been using it for a couple of weeks now, and I was blown away with the quality. It has a slope technology, pin lock vibration technology, so you know exactly when you are locked onto your target tour lever accuracy. And best of all, it is powered by a USB charge, so you can forget about those little batteries. Every other rangefinder makes you buy. One 45-minute charge lasts you 50-plus Rounds. I love it. Our friends over at Pin Golf are hooking up all of our listeners with $25 off and free shipping when you use code Stripe Show. That's code Stripe Show. I'm telling you, for $175, you simply cannot beat the Ace Rangefinder. Head out over to pingolf.com and get yourself the Ace and get dialed in. And I think when you, it's, it's tough, I think, with Finau on, and it is a longer course. So, I think that's certainly going to play into his hand. I don't know if it's a bomber's paradise, but you know, this up and down game, right? Scrambling female is probably not the first that comes to mind, you know, when it, when yeah. it comes to paying that kind of price on this course, you look at the last 50 rounds before we get to your top tens, the last 50 rounds, the best short game players in this field, Steven Yeager's number one. <laughs> so if you want to go down the list, and find yourself a bomber or a long shot bomber, Steven Yeager coming off the corn ferry towards number one. Brian Harmon's an interesting name. Brian Harmon's kind of that gritty 
short game kind of player around the green putting. Can he do enough with his ball striking? Literally short game. Yeah, it is right. The other, the other name that I'll give you, I gave you Gooch early. Um, I'll add another name and that's Seamus power. And in like, you know, Seamus is like one of those guys, like I like to try to get out in front of some of these guys that I think are coming. And I think Seamus power, you know, he had the alt, he had the win there, um, you know, in the alternate um, tournament situation, but he's a player that I think is really coming. And same with Gooch, it's the same conversation I was having about Sam Burns really at this time last year. And now we see where he is. I think power is a complete player. I think this is a pretty good spot for him. He's really strong around the greens. Yeah. Um, he's a good iron player. He doesn't up off the tee. I'm going to add, I'm going to add a little Seamus power with Gooch to this unbelievable group of players that we've went through to this point. Let's go to top tens. You've got three plays. Yeah. I just wanted to add that Seamus power. I mean, that's a great yeah. name. That That's a name that, you know, I, whenever I hear Seamus Power, I'm, I'm thinking like 1920 uh, Grand Slam champion for, for majors, you know, the guys who just got a fantastic name. Like right? he, he's like a boardwalk empire character. I mean, but real, <laughs> so real quick here in the fall series, 21st at Shriners, 12th at Bermuda, 11th at Mayakoba. Barbasol, I was, I was, I couldn't get it out of my, out of my brain into my mouth of the tournament that he won the all opposite field event. Um, he won the Barbasol eighth at John Deere eighth at rocket mortgage. I mean, this guy's had some really good finishes. I mean, he, he has had a very good season and, and you look at him. I, I like the way he plays for this course. Yeah. I, I think Seamus power could be interesting. All right. Enough with him. Let's go to top 10. All right, so top 10, we're going to start with another familiar name. We talked about him already. Aaron Wise, plus 360. Plus 360, Aaron Wise, top 10 for one unit. So one unit wins 3.6. Again, I like to ride these hot golfers as long Mm -hmm. as I can. Um, So, you know, I'm going down with the ship if it goes down, but I don't want to miss it. And I think Aaron Wise, he's just, I think he's ready to win, you know. Um, we could see yeah. a, a win coming up in the next maybe 10 events, something in the early season um, where he can just stay hot and win it all. So Aaron Wise plus 360 for one unit. Going to go back to Carlos Ortiz plus 410 for top 10 for one unit. I mean, this is defending champion. Uh, he had a great finish here, like you said, what, fifth place in 2019. Um, so to be plus 410 for the top 10, especially coming off a second place finish last week at Mayakoba. I'll take that value any day of the week. Um, so I'm backing Carlos Ortiz here in top 40, top 20 and top 10. So that's five combined units on him. So hopefully he can get the job done. And the final one is Brooks Kepka plus 420 for one unit. I know he's been having a you know poor season. I don't really know if it's been poor. I just don't think he's applied himself maybe yet. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't think he applied himself last weekend in Mexico. Um, but I think now is the time where the season's going to start, you know, the season's starting. I mean, you know, things are getting underway. You know, you want to win that FedEx player of the year. You got to start playing well in some of these events. So um, Brooks Kepka plus 420 top 10 finish for one unit. Um, those are great odds for Kepka, especially at a place where he had like part in designing the course, redesigning the course, should I say. Yep. And he got fifth place here last year. So 
Brooks Kepka plus 420 top 10 that rounds out the top 10 finishes. So let's go back to last year because they were playing here at Memorial. We talked about Ortiz. Matsuyama finished second with DJ. They're not, neither one of them are here. So Gooch was fourth and Kepka was fifth tied with Streka. And then you had seventh with Sam Burns with McKenzie Hughes, Terrell Hatton, who Terrell seems like a right spot for him. Kind of a grinders type place, get up and down, hang in there. Um, but Kepka shot 65, 65 in the weekend. He actually got off to a really sluggish start last year, uh, 72, 70. So he was, he was two over heading into the weekend and the cut was plus three. So he made it just inside. Um, and then he just goes and has the best weekend of anybody on the first page of the leaderboard. So yeah, there's some good vibes happening for him. Yeah. And I, I do think to your point, I think a lot of it is kind of focused with Kepka. Um, you know, he's, he's admitted that, you know, sometimes he's probably not all in, yeah. <laughs> you know, in his own way, but as of late, he's like, you know, you, you look at a lot of his comments that I've been reading in social media, he, he seems to be healthy and he's been practicing a lot. So yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. He missed the cut at Mayakoba. It hasn't been a good fall and he really didn't play that great at the Ryder cup. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get the engines fired up here um, as he's heading to that head to head with Bryson. Cause we did see some good golf in the summer where he went second at the PGA fourth at the U S open fifth at the traveler sixth at the open. So, you know, the firepower's there. It's just getting it to turn on. Um, but those were some of the fin those were some of the people last year. Um, when you look at how they fared, at this tournament, one of the names that I think is kind of interesting that I've, I've written down a number of times as we start kind of, you know, maybe looking down the board a little bit more Shane Lowry. It's a guy that, you know, can, can, I think, could he do enough to, to slip into a top 10? Maybe he's a better top yeah. 20 play. Um, and if you want to go even a little bit down, even more down the road, Harold Varner is kind of an interesting name to me here mm -hmm. as well he kind of checks out well yeah. um, in some of the, uh, some of the prof, some of the profiles that I put together and trying to, um, you know, try to get that profile to match up with the type of player that has played well here in the past and particularly last year. So those are a couple of names I think to think about top 10, maybe a little aggressive, but maybe it's better in top 20 or a top 40 as you kind of work down the board. All right. So now we're going to go tournament head to head. These are three plays tournament head to head, not first round. So let's go yeah. tournament head to head. You're three. So like you said, these are tournament head to head. So these are all four rounds. Unless of course our guy makes the cut and the guy he's playing misses the cut. Then you would win after the second round. Um, the first matchup we're doing, and you can find these all on FanDuel. The first matchup we're doing is Sam Burns minus 120 over Sung Jm for two units. You know, I think Sam Burns is a top five golfer right now in the world. Mm -hmm. um, his the last year, he's arguably played the best out of anybody um, on tour. He's been the most consistent um, every week he comes to play. So I'm taking Sam Burns minus one twenty over Sungjae, who you never know who's going to show up for him. Um, so that's for two units. So that is the first matchup. 
The next matchup, we're going to go with Joaquin Neiman, minus 120 over Adam Scott. Um, Joaquin, a younger, up-and-coming golfer. Um, he's getting better every season. Adam Scott, you know, what's his uh, motivation to play well this weekend? You know, uh, he's played so much golf in his career. I don't know if the Houston Open exactly does it for him. You know, whereas Joaquin's trying to make a name for himself, um, get himself some better stature on tour. So I like Joaquin Neiman minus 120 for one unit over Adam Scott. And the final matchup I have for the tournament is Carlos Ortiz minus 130 versus Lanto Griffin for two units. Um, it's this one self-explanatory. I mean, Lanto Griffin... I think he's like the most average golfer that always seems to make his way into the top 10. How's that only um, minus 130? Sorry, top 20. Uh, Lanto, he just, I don't think he really does anything great, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and Carlos Ortiz, uh, we, we know he plays his course well, obviously, because we've talked about it all day so far. Um, but yeah, this to be minus 130, I think this is, uh, this should be like minus 160 in my eyes. Yeah. So easy. I'll take minus 130 as a gift. So. Yeah, it's been a tough go for Lanto, although he's played a little better as of late. Um, you know, he does have a couple good finishes there in his last two starts. But yeah, Lanto kind of, you know, he got his win in the Houston Open a couple of years ago. And then it's been pretty average or below average, I should say, after that, with the exception of the last two. What's interesting, I was talking about building some of these models and profiles and just kind of running numbers and the type of player that would do well here based off the course and what we know about it. And the top two names that came up were Burns and him. Yeah. And you got Burns over him, which I would take all day. You know that. Cause I don't touch yeah. him anymore. Like Sun JM is, you can have him and I'll take my bumps when he pops, but yeah, that's, that's a, that's an easy one. And you know, I, I was running, um, there's, there's, let's see, there are, three par fours over 500 yards here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, you know, I, you're going to have some longer proximity into these holds. I want to kind of see who was, you know, good from 175 to 200, 200 plus there's, there's a uh, par fours. Let's see eight of them from, or there's a, I don't know what the number is, but a decent amount from 450 to 500, you know, some, some healthy par fours, you got the three par fives weighing out some of the long game, even weighing out bogey avoidance, which interesting burns is one number one in the last 50 rounds. That's yeah. That's uh, that's, that's pretty impressive stuff. Number two, Seamus power, by the way. And then Hatton's three in bogey avoidance. Cameron Smith is five. You've talked about him. But these are how, you know, you kind of start coming to some of these names. These names, as you run, these models are popping up with the type of players that have played well here um, in the past. So interesting to see as you run that model, Burns 1, Sunjay 2, Hatton 3, Cameron Smith 4, and then HV3, as I mentioned, uh, is 5. All right. I like those. Yeah, Adam Scott, you, know, you never know. Neiman played pretty well last week. Um, I kind of just waiting on Neiman to like, just beat him to death with his ball striking. Like he did early in the yeah. year, a couple of times. It seems like 
you know, he can, again, like Burns, he's the kind of guy that can, that can blitz you fairways and greens just over and over and over again and beat you that way. All right, let's get into now the win tickets. You've got three win tickets. You hit the last time with the win. Let me guess. You got Ortiz. Correct. They've got, (laughs) they've got Ortiz. These are all, you know, a half unit. Um, We've got Ortiz plus 3,500. Like, like I said, it's self-explanatory why I think he'll win. Um, So next we'll we'll move on to Brooks Kepka plus 3,000. I think Kepka, you know, he needs to show his stuff at some point. Um, so whenever I can get Brooks Kepka at 30 to one odds when, you know, for the U S open, he's going to be like 12 to one, 10 to one. Um, so if I can ever get Brooks Kepka at 30 to one, I'll take that, you know, pretty much all day, especially at a place where he's had some success in the past. So Brooks Kepka plus 3000. And then the final one I have to win is a uh, Max Homa plus 5,000. So, yeah, uh, I think this is a pretty good field for Homa. Um, I could see him, you know, taking this field um, if he plays well. I mean, you know, you got Homa, who's a bomber. Um, if his irons are on and his putting is on, this is just a perfect place for him. Um, so I think if he puts it together, um, you know, 50 to 1, um, we've, we've kind of seen Max do well every few events, you know. So we saw him win in Tahoe. Um, and I think maybe he can get the job done here. So, you know, just sprinkling for a half unit, Max Homa plus 5,000. Because like I said, he's a bomber. And if his irons and putting is on, I think, you know, he's right up there with, you know, Sam Burns. When he can get, when Homa can get hot, he's just right up there with Burns. So yep. um, I like Homa plus 5,000. And he's not afraid to win when he gets up there. You know, he's got, he's got win equity for sure. Yeah. And but he's, you know, he's one of those guys. He is, I mean, if you had to say, is there an inconsistent golfer? It's, it's Max. I mean, he'll go miscut, miscut T63 first, <laughs> miscut T72nd, third. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the way he goes. He, there's, there's very little in between with him. Yeah. But you look at when he does win, Um, you know, I go back to Fortnit where he won out in California and it was, you know, his approach game was, was on that week plus 4.3. He drove it a little better than he usually does, but Homa, you know, he he'll win with the putter and he can get it up and down as he did at Genesis. It was like plus 4.6 plus three in short game, you know, like, so he, he does have that game that kind of checks out here. I think he's, he could be a little bit overlooked and disrespected here at 50 to one, perhaps. Um, I think that's an interesting play and I would throw, Obviously, as I've been mentioning here, um, I would throw the Gooch name in there, although he's down there at 22 to one, which is a little uncomfortable. It's it's weird to think that Gooch is 22 and Kepka's 28 or I'm sorry, 30. you had him at 30, 30, you got him on 30 at FanDuel. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I look, for, I like the guys that can like, you know, you know, with the three par fives. So you got 12 par fives for the tournament. I like to look at guys who can easily get those eagle opportunities, birdie opportunities, easy birdie opportunities on par fives, you know? So mm-hmm. like, you know, Max Homa, give himself a ton of eagle looks, uh, kind of like Sam Burns, you know? You know, if Sam Burns has like 12 par fives, he's going to get at least four looks at eagle on um, every tournament. So I like guys who can just get it there, 
you know, get it there on three and set themselves up for, you know, a nice birdie putt, or like a tap-in birdie putt, or like a, you know, 20-foot eagle putt. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's what I look for when I look for guys, you know, to win. So um, Homa is definitely, you know, right up there. Just to put my golf instructor cap on for a second, the one name I'm really interested to see play this week is Jason Day, who finished T7 here last year. You know, he's, he's made some changes, um, in his swing. And I'm, I'm really interested just to watch him swing the club and, and how that'll transfer out. Cause we haven't seen, um, we haven't seen Jason day in a while. He works with, um, Chris Como, who's helped Bryson some as well. You know, we saw day CJ cup 64. So he's, you know, he's been grinding here in the off season. I'm, I'm just kind of curious to see where he is. I don't think I would play him. Why, why change that? Like, I don't understand. He's had so much success. Like why start changing stuff when you've had so much success, like the way you were just because of the back well, injury, maybe he's trying to swing differently. I think for Jason, it's, it's more like lower back issues, yeah. you know, and, and Jason not to get too deep into the woods, but he's always had like a lot of trail knee flex in his backswing players who turn their upper, but not a lot. They're lower tend to kind of like launch and then their spine kind of hangs back this way to the right. And that puts pressure on their back. So he's trying to kind of let his right knee straighten up. some going back. Mm. So he kind of gets taller. And then from there they can kind of sit and turn and your spine tends to hang back less when you do that. So it's just, you know, those are, those are some wholesale changes. Um, and Jason day, when you look at the staple of keeping your trail knee flex in the backswing, like <laughs> dude, that right knee has, hasn't budged for years. Like, so that's a, that's a changing a knee flex. That can be a pretty good size change. So it'll be interesting to see where he is, but, um, where I was getting to, um, with some of these odds here and I'm looking at DraftKings right now. And some of these, you got to certainly shop around, right? Just to your point at FanDuel, um, you were able to get kept get 30 and yep. you know, these up and down kinds of places, grinders. I mean, Reed, where's he at? We haven't seen his best foot forward. Um, although he did, he did make a run there at Bermuda on Sunday. Um, 36 to one. Yeah. Patrick Reed. Well, he's 40 to one at, um, yeah. you know, it's almost like there's some automatic plays like Patrick 40 to one. We know he's got win equity when he gets up there. Kepka 30 to one. Like it's almost like an automatic play. Um, there's my boy, Seamus power 45. I think it's a good place for Bazet and hut too at 45. I'd even go down as low as that home at 50. I think Bazet and hut, um, he can get you up and down consistently. And, and, and I think can do enough with his ball striking as well. So, all right, we've arrived first round leaders. Can we make it? One for the thumb. We've got four. We need one. <laughs> well, if we count, if we count out rights, Rory was the one for the thumb. Okay. I guess if we're just talking to first round leaders. Yeah. I mean, I certainly hope we can, you know, we've got, I'm going to shut up because you, the first round leaders, you, I don't know how you do it, but let's have it. You know, we got a hundred and what, 150 golfers. So, um, you know, I like to pick four or five every tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, see if we can get our hand raised after the first day. Like the first day always offers like pretty good value. Like for example, Sam Burns, he is plus eighteen hundred to win a tournament, and he's plus twenty six hundred to win the the first round. So 
like for me, I just don't get that because I think it's easier to win one round than it is for the entire tournament, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think these odds always do have, you know, pretty good value. So the first round leader we're going to take is Sam Burns plus 2,600. Um, so when Sam wins tournaments, he starts out hot. Mm-hmm. I look for guys that just are hot starters. Um, and they can come out and shoot a 62, 63 in the first round and just take it. And Sam Burns fits that bill for me. He's pretty much an autoplay every first round of every tournament he plays for me. Um, the next one I'm going to is Cam Smith at plus 3,100. He's another guy. Um, when he starts hot, when he plays well, he starts hot, kind of like Jordan Spieth. Um, even when he plays poorly, you usually get a first, you know, a good first round out of him. So mm-hmm. Cam Smith plus 3,100. And then we go to Aaron Wise plus 4,000. 40 to 1. When Aaron Wise is a, a very, very hot starter and he's playing very well to start this season, it's probably my favorite one out, out of these four. Um, so Aaron Wise plus 4,000. I think there's some really good value there. He should be like, you know, that's kind of disrespectful to how he's been playing this year. He should be right down there with Cam Smith. I'm at 31, but I'll take plus 4,000 all day. And then the final one is the guy who got us paid last week at 50 to one. He's back at 50 to one odds. Matthew Wolf plus 5,000. Like you said, he's never played this course before, but he's practiced on it all week. And um, I don't think that'll face him much. This is a perfect course for him, you know, a long ball hitter. Yeah. Great with his irons. If he's accurate, if he's putting, if his putting is on, I think the first round is something that he could easily take down. You know, mm-hmm. if it was a tournament, I wouldn't play Wolf for the entire tournament. But I know for the first round, he can give us, a, you know, at least one good round before he kind of, you know, starts missing some putts and stuff. So I like Wolf first round leader plus five thousand to round out those first round leaders. Yeah, Adam or Aaron Wise was eight under on Thursday, yeah. and Wolf was ten last week, and Wise jumped out there. I think he was, I think he was seven under through 10 last week. Yeah. So I like, I like those plays a lot. Matthew Wolf is back folks. I mean, he's, he's back, had a good conversation with his coach. I think he's happy. I think he's, and he's playing some good golf. I think he likes this golf course better than last week's second at the Shriners fifth at Mayakoba. Um, You know, he's a, he can, he can, he's kind of a, he can get hot with a putter and he was hot last week last two weeks, uh, good short game, you know, with Wolf, it's the approach game that gets a little weird sometimes with that swing. Um, yeah. but it's been very clean. I mean, he's been hitting his irons really well. I, I, I think in watching Hovland win, I know they're friends. They both went to Oklahoma state. Yeah, he's motivated. I mean, he's, he's feeling good. He's motivated second tier field. I like it. I like these picks. A lot. Yeah, it seems like Wolf is back to like liking the game game again. You know, he seems a lot happier than he was yeah. last season. Oh yeah, there's no question. Yeah, COVID didn't didn't do well. You know, for yeah. for Matthew Wolf and look, man, he's a young guy. You know, he's out there, and all of a sudden you can't hang with your friends, you can't roll. You've got all these protocols, and you know, it's it's uh it's not easy. You know, when you're out there and learning to be by yourself and. So he's worked through some things and uh, it's cool to see him out there. Uh, certainly I would put him in part of the class of this field here and particularly yeah. the way that, uh, that he's playing. All right, there you have it. Some free picks some things to think about here this week, the Hewlett Packard enterprise 
Houston Open, Carlos Ortiz, the defending champion. Memorial Park, weather looks great. And um, let's hope for some more winners beating the bookie. You're the man. We appreciate it. Be sure, subscribe, leave a comment and a ranking with your email. And we're going to pick someone. Right. And whoever we pick is going to get a free, what'd you say? Sony open package. Yeah. Yeah. The first tournament of my, of my package is the Sony open. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Go, go see him beating the book. He does other sports as well. He's the man. Thank you for joining us here on the stripe show pod tomorrow. Taylor Gooch. He's on the podcast with froggy coming from Houston. The guy that I like this week and in a golf course that he really likes as well. So don't miss the podcast tomorrow. We'll see you. Let's take a second to talk about the folks over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value, performance, and customer service. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter-weighted balls made with the high-density particles and proprietary nanotransitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy, control, and distance. Encore recently added the Vero X1 to its suite of award-winning golf balls, one that already included the Golf Digest Gold-Rated Elixir and Low Compression Avant 55. Through its full suite of golf balls, Encore can help transform any golfer's game. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more info about Encore and start revolutionizing your game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast.